shot. Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast recorded in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and I'm joined by the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man whose hatred for Sanchez has perhaps been taken up a notch, and who's now decided to wear formal attire to all of Spurs' future watch parties. You heard it here first. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? We weren't inclined to do it if it brought some good luck, but uh, <laughs> oh, woof. I know, I know. And from the red corner, he's the leader of the Arsenal Kansas City fan group, the man who's helping build Wenger's statue farewell outside the Emirates and who believes Michelle Vorm has a little David Ospina to him. Intriguing. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Keep singing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm pleased to announce another guest this week. He is one of the co-hosts of the American Red Devils podcast, has made multiple trips to the UK, I believe, to watch Manchester United, and may have some thoughts or two on Jose Mourinho. Please welcome Mr. Alex Munoz. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Speaking of trophies, we're happy to uh, give a trophy for Wenger for giving us number 20 in RVP, so... Whenever you're ready to collect on that, we're happy to deliver. Hey, all I can say is the fact that Big Bang sold Alexis to knock Spurs out of the FA Cup and sold Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to end Manchester City's undefeated run. He's a genius, gentlemen. This is going to be one of those episodes. Uh, So let's start off our contest then with our top three segment where our contestants try to figure out which stories and games are the most discussed. Three points for guessing number one, two for number two, and so on. Uh, This week, we've got a three-part mix of off-the-field action, FA Cup, Premier League, uh, so perhaps that'll help as a clue. Alex, since you're our first guest, you're going to get to go first this week. So out of all the fixtures, news, stories on the soccer field over the weekend, what do you think was the most talked about? Uh, I would assume that the number one topic of discussion over the weekend was the impending retirement or Wenger's uh, decision to leave Arsenal. That would absolutely be correct. Yes, and I'll get you those uh, three points. After 22 years at the helm of Arsenal Football Club, Arsene Wenger announced his plans to step down at the end of the season. Uh, Alex, do you think it was the right time for Arsene Wenger to leave? Uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, if I was an Arsenal fan, I would say yes, it's probably time to go. Um, but as a United fan, dude, he's one of the best executives we could ever ask for in terms of feeding top talent uh, to the red side of Manchester. So <laughs> I've never had an issue with Arsene Wenger, especially in the last 10 years. Larson, absolutely. Um, do you think he's going to go on to manage another club or do you think he's going to retire? What are your thoughts on that? He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. My, my assumption would be he'd go work as a GM or as a full-blown coach at a club with a little bit more cash. I think that's been the issue. Him and the Cronkies not seeing eye to eye on terms of what should be spent to uh, have a competitive football club. Boyce, we've spoken at length about uh, Wenger's effect on Arsenal over the last few years. Um, what's the feeling amongst Arsenal fans now that the news has finally arrived? Well, I think the animosity has led way to a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of melancholy. Wenger's inability to mold this squad in the image of his original decades of squads and get out of them what was necessary in this 
campaign has been noted by many fans, and they've expressed a lot of frustration. I think the fans and the fan base have been entitled to do so. The results just simply have not been good enough. It's crazy this season that Arsenal have 44 points at the Emirates, which is one of the highest point totals for any team in the EPL. But when they go on the road, they only have 13. Mm -hmm. That's just a ridiculous title for a team that purports to be in the top six. But at this point... I think the least Arsenal fans owe Arsene Wenger is a celebration of his final time at the club, irrespective of whether or not he independently made the decision to leave or whether or not even Gazidis gave him a little bit of a nudge and told him that he didn't really have any other options. I think there's a little bit more optimism running through the channels these days. And to a certain extent, it will be interesting to see whether or not Stan Kroenke provides the financial platform that Arsenal need to move forward from a player standpoint. But I also would argue that the true frustration from this campaign has been the fact that Arsene Wenger simply hasn't managed to get out of the squad that he has the bare minimum of what they could actually accomplish. And that's especially true in the league. I think you do have to give him a little bit of credit this season for as much of a sine wave as Arsenal's performances have been throughout the campaign. He still has them in a Europa League semifinal against Atletico Madrid, where obviously I think Madrid are the favorite in that tie, but it's certainly one that Arsenal are capable of winning. You know, just to get a little dig in at Jared, Tottenham's results in the Europa League over the last 10 years, I didn't see a semifinal appearance there, even though they had numerous more opportunities than Arsenal to actually make a Europa League semifinal. So, Wenger gets a lot of stick, but the reality remains that he has three trophies in the last four years. Despite all the frustration with him and all the angst and animosity, there has to be a level of appreciation, and perhaps it's just because he's stepping down now and perhaps see a little sunshine moving forward. No, we'll take that. Um, Jared, who's next at Arsenal? Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that it took a manager leaving for the KC Gooners to re-establish a watch for this past weekend. <laughs> I just want to make sure that the record is clear on that. I'm glad that you guys now finally care enough about the quote-unquote lesser trophy uh, and the nostalgia of a man that has borne nothing but contempt. Oh, on this man. podcast but i digress <laughs> i mean we actually have 7 30 in the morning watch parties so so do we but so do we and, right. and we host we hosted you for a lovely one you're welcome anyway uh 7 30 is a generous wake-up time isn't it guys oh, yeah, exactly exactly you know i i've said you know and these uh, uh these rumors are probably you know faded i mean there were numerous rumors but i uh i still maintain Someone's got to snatch up Eddie Howe. I am a huge Eddie Howe fan because uh, he just looks like he's about to go out and just lace him up anyway. And mm-hmm. for what he's done to Bournemouth has been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, um, you know, Conte might need a home. Okay. And, br- okay. and bring him over for a season or two uh, until, you know, someone like uh, Mikel Arteta, you know, kind of coming up through the ranks or a uh, Patrick Vieira I've also heard. And I acknowledge I actually heard that from voice. Uh, so <laughs> they've certainly got the money to spend. They just need to figure out how to spend it, as mm-hmm. Alex and Boyce have, have alluded to. And, um, you know, I, I, think that, I think they'll figure it out. They obviously are one of the bigger clubs in Europe and uh, they're going to have no shortage of resumes. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to our next uh, one. We've got second and third spot still to guess, and Boyce, I believe you're up. So what do you think? I want to talk about Spurs versus Manchester United. 
then why don't we go ahead and do that? That'll get you those two points. Congratulations on that. Manchester United have reached their 29th major domestic cup final, more than any other side in English football. Um, Boyce, Sweet from... words. <laughs> Sweet words. Sorry, guys. From a neutral perspective, uh, what did you take from the game? Neutral. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be Not fair... Not being too biased or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be completely honest. In the first 20 minutes, I was extremely worried, especially after Ali put that ball away. You know, I'm in no mood to have to deal with the stress and strain of the idea of Tottenham actually giving themselves an opportunity to win a trophy. This Chelsea team's good that they would be potentially facing in the final, but it's not a team that Tottenham would be incapable of beating. When you see Dembele get pushed off the ball by Paul Pogba, and then he just lobs a beautiful pass, Alexis somehow heads it off his forehead, and it goes in the back of the net as Michelle Vorm stares there and looks, thus the David Ospina comparison where he was just rooted to the ground with no actual ability to make a save. I don't understand these cup keeper versus league keeper decisions that Wenger made and that Pochettino obviously made as well. You know, there was a point in the FA Cup lead up to this match where Pochettino was playing Harry Kane against a league two side or a league one side. And now he gets to a semifinal at Wembley. And instead of playing one of the better goalkeepers in the world in Lloris, he decides to play Michelle Vorm. I I, I will never understand that. But I, I think once it got to half and I think it was dire that knocked a ball off the post as uh, De Gea was rooted there. I've never seen a team come out in the second half like that after putting in such a shift in the first half and just lie down. Tottenham were basically not even on the pitch in the second half, and it was kind of disappointing because the first half was actually, from a quote-unquote neutral perspective, a really fun (laughs) half to watch. Both teams played really open football, which was surprising for any team coached by Jose Mourinho. And I I think, you know, they they parked the bus after Herrera scored what was a, a beautiful goal. Yeah, it was disappointing to see Tottenham's performance in the second half just because I, I, will, I will admit, even as an Arsenal fan, that they're capable of much more. Jose Mourinho has put me in the position of having to cheer for Chelsea thanks to Olivier Giroud's beautiful slaloming goal. Alex, you're obviously pleased with the final result, but uh, what did you take from the performance uh, and from the game as a whole? Well, obviously, I'm very uh, satisfied with the results. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the Spurs take on how the game went. I think the mistake that was made by Tottenham is that you scored too early on us. You know, Delhi Ali's ridiculous dance had shadows of uh, the Crystal Palace manager was the last year or the year before, no, the year before with Van Gaal in the FA Cup. So I think that woke up the team. Pogba was like barely tracking back for that first goal. It was great ball. It was good finish, but I don't think that ball should have ever gone in in the first place. You definitely saw a response from United in the second part of the first half. They were playing a much higher press. They were making better passes. They were more direct um, in their attack. And then Dembele got he got he lost his shroud as like the most overrated midfielder in England. <laughs> Beasted off the ball by Pogba, and then that pass is world class. And that finish was world class because he if you saw his positioning, he was behind the ball and he did everything right. I mean, you should have started Lloris, of course, but I don't think he could have done much for that first goal. And then the second half, I mean, they, I think Spurs had one more shot. You guys had all the possession, but you only had two shots on target in the whole game. Um, we sat back. We waited for the counter. We did exactly what we were planning on doing. Uh, Herrera got a lucky goal. I was the first to call that. It, was, it went through the defender's legs perfectly, but it was a good goal. It was a deserved goal. And then United has one of the best defenses of the league. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to score against that team in the Wembley where we've had so much success. 
So I think they deserved it. I don't think Spurs just fell over. I think United played very well in the second half. And well, I can't always say that because we haven't we've played a lot of shit games and had a lot of shit performances and gotten good <laughs> results. But this, I, I think we actually played a really good game and showed up. And, you know, the first 25 minutes, for sure, we were not really there. But I think United deserves some respect. Mm-hmm. They really uh, made it count, so to speak. Uh, Jared, all right, let's talk about Spurs here. How did they fall short? Um, what do they need to do to start winning trophies? Oh, we're going to need a whole separate podcast. We're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I kind of disagree. I don't think uh, scoring early on a squad is ever going to be a mistake, with all due respect, <laughs> Alex. But they came out with a game plan, and they uh, and they executed. I think the difference was you had a United side that uh, we've said this time and time again about the stubbornness of Jose Mourinho. And what did he do? He took the lead off Paul Pogba, and then you saw why he is such a strength in midfield. Um, Moussa Demele, uh, I admit, one of my favorite players uh, and has, hasn't quite been the same since connected injury last year, acknowledging that he will never be 100% again. Having him and that strength in, in, in midfield and then just seeing him being shoved off like that was, was a shame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they going to need? Goodness. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought this was a good year. We had some depth, even those substitutions that came on. You had an Eric Lamella and Lucas Mora. We got some great signings that have come in and kind of give this team a break as, as they, you know, they were playing in Europe and making mm-hmm. a deep FA Cup run and, you know, trying to compete for a top four spot in, in the Premier League after really trying to compete for a title the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it all needs to come together and need some kind of luck, I suppose. I mean, that ball goes off the other side of the post. It's a completely different match. Alex's point is well taken. Uh, only two shots on goal. Not not something you want when you have 65% possession. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to put balls into the box. We were very frustrated. You saw the width completely disappear in that second half and just could not get anything forward. Um, I appreciate Mauricio's comments saying, look, we need to work harder. And whether it's with me or without me, I think there are too many Tottenham fans who are uh, either calling for his head or fearing that he's leaving. I don't think he's going anywhere. I appreciate the notion of Vorm getting us that far in the FA Cup, and now it's time to you know, give him a chance to defend it. Although if David De Gea is on one end, Hugo Lloris is on the other end. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be honest about that. Yeah. So the short answer, because I haven't answered your question, is as what losers say, at least we were putting ourselves in the positions to succeed. Whereas, you know, there were too many uh, 12 to seven place finishes for Tottenham through those years mm-hmm. that uh, were frankly quite boring. So, you know what? We want titles. We want trophies. And please, God, win one. Eight straight. Eight straight. Yeah, voice is going to keep saying it. Uh, we have a third spot still to guess in, in our game. And Jared, you're up next. So what do you think made it? Uh, I want to do uh, just kind of a continuation for, again, uh, for all these former Arsenal players doing great things. Um, And Chelsea's win over Southampton with tie-in being Giroud and Alexis scoring in the FA Cup semifinals. Believe it or not, uh, it didn't. So, uh, Alex, we're actually back to you. So, uh, again, I'm going to throw in clues here. We've got Premier League games, obviously, to talk about, too. So which one of those do you think made the list? Could it be Premier League, too? I mean, I guess... City rolled and all their fans ran on the field like a bunch of chumps. Like that happened. Um, <laughs> you know, I, let's let's definitely not talk about that. Thank God that's not on the list either. Um, nope. So, uh, boys, we're over to you. I'm trying to think of what even's left. I thought Jared definitely had it in the bag with his uh, Chelsea guess there. Uh-huh. 
I guess the West Brom Liverpool match. That'll do it. Strange but true. Yep, Liverpool being stunned by West Brom's determination to come from 2 0 down to tie the game. Um, here's a stat for you. Since Darren Moore took over as the caretaker manager, they've been unbeaten in three games, like Pardew, who has bagged only one point from 18 games and he was there. A lot of the conversation specifically about this one is about Klopp's post-match responses, including the useless comeback, his words, and the stupid dry pitch, somewhat his words. Um, Boyce, do you think he's right to say that? No. I think this match was sort of more or less borderline irrelevant from first kick and Klopp's comments at the end of the match just belie some semblance of just haughtiness. I'm usually a pretty big fan of Jurgen Klopp, but I thought his post-game comments in this match were just ridiculous. I think if he's going to direct it towards anybody, it needs to be towards his back line, the team that, I mean, that I think that match kicked off at 6.30 in the morning, which was just untenable. And I, I believe I watched until Salah's goal went in and just turned it off and went back to my business thinking that Liverpool had it in the bag and then they somehow contrived a way to ship two goals. At this point in the season, I don't blame the Liverpool squad. It's already hard to play at the Hawthorns. West Brom have purportedly it all to play for, although they're basically relegated. But the situation is the fact that Liverpool is looking towards a Champions League semifinal and entirely secure in the league. Mm -hmm. They had really nothing to play for. The reality is that I think they unacceptable to be up 2-0. There was no reason whatsoever that they should have dropped points here. It was actually, it was nice to see Danny Ying score a goal. He's been through a lot lately, and even as an Arsenal supporter, I have a little bit of compassion for a guy that comes back um, from an injury of that length and scores. Salah does what Salah does, a warranted PFA player of the year Mm -hmm. recognition. I think Salah winning that award makes sense. But to answer your question in the end, I really did find Klopp's post-game match comments off-putting, and I I think he should have just taken one on in the chin, realized that his team fell apart, and obviously fix it before they play Roma. Alex, what do you make of Liverpool's campaign this season as a as a United fan? We have a tendency up north on the red side of Manchester to not get too nervous about Liverpool these days. Um, they have put together a great Champions League campaign. Uh, I'm wishing them no luck at all as it comes <laughs> to play, playing Roma tomorrow. Um, I disagree that he had no, they had nothing to play for. They always want to finish above us. That just... Klopp hates Mourinho. Mourinho hates Klopp. That is personal on every level, as is the rivalry <laughs> between United and the Scousers. It's like they do not like each other. Or they want to finish second, so we don't. Um, but they've, you know, they are like us a little bit. They, they've had fits and starts. We've looked like a great team at times, and we've lost to West Brom. In the last month and a half, we beat City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and then Tottenham in the FA Cup semifinal. And we also lost to Sevilla at home, and we lost to West Brom. So... I think Liverpool also has a bit of that in them. I, I mean, they could turn around the whole season, win the Champions League, and then no one's going to really give a crap about what happened in the league. <laughs> but they're still a team finding their feet. They're still a team that, yeah, they score a lot of goals, but their defense is as leaky as a boat with holes in it. So it's, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I think Klopp is excuse maker, but so is Mourinho, and so is, is so is Pep, right? If you listen to, like, the, the, the modern-day manager in England, even at the top three, those are the top three in England, Pep, Klopp, Mourinho, just in terms of standing, and they all make excuses, right? They mm-hmm. lose, it's the rest's fault, it's a penalty, it was something, it's something, it's something. So, I, I mean, it was distasteful, but it's just as distasteful as when Pep makes some bullshit comment, or Mourinho does, which he certainly does. Um, <laughs> so Liverpool, 
Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to say anything bad positive about Liverpool. <laughs> Nothing. Maybe we just move on. Can't, Maybe we just can't, move on to the next question. Can't say anything about it. Uh, Jared, uh, let's talk a little bit about West Brom's future. Um, are they going to make a swift return to the Premier League? Oh, goodness. Who knows? Uh, if, but if they do, it'll be on the back of Foster. I mean, that poor guy. Uh, <clears throat> I think they have, a, they have a pretty talented goalkeeper there. Just the problem is... Uh, just everyone gets to shoot um, mm-hmm. and can't, can't stop everything. Uh, looking at these lineups and all that. And by the way, you know, Liverpool didn't pull any punches on there um, in that starting lineup. And I completely agree with Alex. You now they have some, some defensive issues and teaching us all that 75 million pounds is, you know, way too much for a defender. I don't know. Uh, Johnny Evans, Robson Canoe, Oliver Burke. I mean, see, I got some young talent there. And once you kind of abandon the Tony Poulos, let's play the most unattractive brand of football we can and make people bored and either scrape out a point uh, or maybe win one. nil. I mean, these are, you gotta admit, this is some of the more exciting football we've seen from West Brom in recent memory. So uh, good for them for making a push. You know, we've talked about this time and time again about, you know, the, you know, the inspiration of a new manager and uh, pretty cool story. You know, you don't see a lot of, you don't see a lot of black managers in the Premier League. Um, uh, so that's, that's also a, a pretty cool little story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll swiftly come back. Um, if they can spend the money right and, uh, uh, and hang on to some of that young talent, which is kind of the recipe, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can do it. Uh, right, let's move on then to our next game, which of course is another round of Rumor Mill. Uh, yes, each player is mm. going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource printed in the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something my creative brain made up. So it's basically true or false. Uh, you may notice a theme with this round of the game, just to kind of throw that out there. Uh, two points for a correct guess. Boyce, you are up first with this one. Arsene Wenger wants an immediate return to football after he steps down as Gunners manager. False. It is true, published by Golds.com, um, that rag. Uh, yep, that, that did it. It's there. It was published on Sunday. Um, Alex, you're up next with this one. Uh, former Chelsea manager Carlo Ancelotti has said he would welcome any approach from Arsenal. That is true. That is true. Yes, correct. The Evening Standard published that article on uh, Sunday, uh, believe it or not. Uh, they somehow believe he's going to be there. So I guess we'll <laughs> see what happens. Uh, Jerry, this last one's for you. West Bromwich Albion are said to be preparing a contract offer for Arsene Wenger in the hopes he can return the club swiftly back to the Premier League. No. True or false? Is <laughs> no. That a, is that a confident no or is it a maybe? It, no, it's not. I mean, it's crazy, but it could be true. But no, I'm going to say false. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's false. I made that up. Yeah, I, was okay. hoping, <laughs> I was hoping you might fall for it. Uh, but Although, hey. did you guys see the uh, Men and Blazers tweet out Arsene Wenger, next coach of the U.S. men's national team today? <laughs> How entertaining that would that madness be? <laughs> uh, let's move on to our final game, uh, which is, of course, another round of player profile. So in this game, I'll provide five different clues to a Premier League player, each one easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins the two points. But you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Now, I got a lot of grief last week from Arsenal fans and boys fans saying the previous round was fixed, rigged, whatever you want to call it. Uh, So I hear you guys. I'm here to totally make it right. Uh, So this week's category is players who've scored against Arsenal this season. (laughs) 
Yep, that's a long list. That should uh, <laughs> balance things out. Each of these present Premier League players has managed to net at least one goal against the Gunners. All right, this first player is an Austrian. He wears the number seven shirt. Shakiri. <laughs> so you should, let me clarify the game. You shout out your name as like a buzzer, and then you, oh, then you state your that, answer. But I'll take. I'm guessing that's Alex, and I'll take that. And unfortunately, it's incorrect. So that does, perfect. <laughs> that, does, <laughs> that does freeze you out. Uh, okay. So Jared and Boyce, these last two clues are for you. Uh, he used to play for Stoke. Now plays for West Ham. Scored against the Gunners over the weekend. Uh, now I... I watched this game and I can't even remember who this was. <laughs> oh, I know it. I know it. Nothing? Oh, it's... I'm freezing. It's Arnautovic. There it is. Bam. Thank you, boys. Yes, that'll oh. do it. That's the two points right there. Uh, this is great because now we all know the exact speed of Boyce's internet. <laughs> <laughs> Google, Google, Google. Um, right, player number two is a Frenchman. Has a brother who plays in the same team. Spent two years at Aston Villa. Jared. Uh, yes, Jared. Uh, Rondon. It is not Rondon, I'm afraid. And that'll freeze you out. The other two clues are now plays for Swansea. First name is... Alex. Yes, Alex. Jordan Ayew. Jordan Ayew. Bam. There it is. Yes. That'll get you those two points. The other clue was first name is Jordan. There it is. <laughs> one who scored for Swansea in that 3-1 win over the Gunners. Uh, player number three is a Spanish international. Has scored twice against the Gunners this season. Used to play for Valencia. Now plays for Manchester City. Voice. Yes, boys. This is not who I thought it was. Uh-oh. Uh, Got to say a name. Uh, Three, two... David well, Silva. There it is, right on time. <laughs> Bam, that internet is working. Yes, that, <laughs> that'll get you those two points. Uh, the other clue was recently shaved his head. Um, player number four is an Englishman. He is a striker. Used to play for Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. Currently plays for Brighton. First name is Glenn. Alex. Yes, Alex. Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray. There it is. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two points. That, of course, is referring to the fact that he scored 2-1. Their win, Brighton over Arsenal. What a great day it was. I made great money in that game. Oh, I nice. <laughs> there you go. I was, in London, I was in London for the Palace away game, which was also a great game. I was smart enough to bet against Arsenal. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Man, we were going through all the hits. Brighton and Swansea. Such fond <laughs> memories of the 1780 <laughs> That was that was my plan with this round. Uh the last player I'm of this game. <laughs> the last player of this game is another Englishman. Has scored six goals against the Gunners previously. Boyce. Yes, boys. Harry Kane. Don't you wish he was at Arsenal? I mean, just think about that for a minute. He could have been there. No. Uh, yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. And would you believe it? This is a first here. We have a two-way tie between Alex and Boyce. Da, 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 da. There you is, go. This is exciting. So here's what happens. Uh, He's I'm... already coming on and outperforming Jared. <laughs> Gotta love it. Well, here's what we do in a tiebreaker situation. I'm going to go ahead and bring up a Premier League table from a certain year. 
And you're each going to take it in turns to try and guess what team ends in a certain position that I state. And whoever ends up getting it will, of course, win the points and win the game. So we're going to start with Alex because he's the guest. In the 2011 campaign, 2011-2012, just to clarify, who finished in fourth place? No Googling. I'm not Googling. Um, <laughs> Arsenal? It was not Arsenal. Boyce, over to you. Arsenal is going to be my guess. Uh, <laughs> 2011? Yep. Spurs. It was Spurs. Bam. There it is. Nice work, sir. That'll get you those winning points, and that will win you the game, which does mean the score for the series now stands at 9, Jared, 13, Boyce. Boyce, how do you feel? I feel good. It's been a good week. Uh, The future will hopefully be bright. Jared, how do you feel? Pretty much the same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Uh, Alex, go and tell us a little bit more about your podcast, if you will. Um, You guys, I'm assuming, do like weekly podcasts or two times a week. What do you guys do? Yeah, we do a usually do a double game week once a recap of the weekend's game and then a look forward um, as a preview pod. And we've been doing the podcast since August of last year. Nice. Um, but long, long time United followers. We're both based out of the Bay Area in California. So we have to get up a little earlier Uh-oh. than you guys do <laughs> for the games. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. My sympathies. Uh, it's OK. <laughs> it's worth it. Um, but yeah, thank you for having us on the pod. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for coming on. And uh, what's the best way to reach out to you guys? You can uh, follow us on Twitter. We, our page on SoundCloud is also good for a follow. Um, but we're on Instagram. We're on most social media platforms. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have time for today. Uh, big thanks once again to Jared Brassamenti and Boyce Richardson and, of course, uh, Alex Munoz. Thanks again, bud. Uh, do check out our own social media at Kick Corner Flag on Twitter, facebook.com slash kickcornerflag and kickflag.com. There it is. Guys, any final thoughts? Jared? Alex, thanks for coming on, man. What, uh, thanks for having me. Well, what's, um, can we get a prediction uh, for the Sunday game? We got, obviously, United, Arsenal, Adel, Trafford. Mm-hmm. We do. How about a prediction? That's not 8-2. to two. I would imagine that we're going to end up playing a very weakened squad because Atletico Madrid is the focus. So I think United probably ends up winning that match 4-1. Already Mark. making excuses. Already making excuses. I love it. <laughs> That's Typical the way it is. Fashion. Love I it. think Spurs uh, go after Watford with both barrels and just try to try to fight off and hang on to a fourth place spot. So we'll see. That's the big fight right now for Spurs fourth place. Guess we'll see what happens. Uh, but thanks again for listening, guys. Appreciate uh, appreciate it. And until next week.